The Derek and Mike Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Join us on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod or hit us up on the website, DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike. This is my boy, Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? Derek, do you have any grandparents still uh, still with us? No. No, I don't. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I have step-grandparents. And they count. Oh, uh, I don't mean yeah. to differentiate them by injecting the word step, but it's accurate, so I should say it. Uh, I have yeah. no biological grandparents still uh, still with us, but I do have step-grandparents. Um, so, so reason how I asked... Step-grandparent- oh, okay, uh, I was just curious. How does step-grandparents work? At, like, I'm trying to unravel that one in my brain, so that's uh, like your... I, uh, okay, so this is actually multi-layered. They're step-step-grandparents. So I have a stepmom. And if her parents were still alive, they would be my step grandparents, right? They're not biological. It's my dad's my dad's wife, Uh Um, and so my stepmom's parents would be my step grandparents. Um, But this goes one layer even further because my stepmom's parents are her step parents because uh, her dad remarried after her mom passed, and he remarried, um, and then even one more layer deep. Her dad passed, and then her stepmom remarried, and now her stepmom has a new husband, and they are now, I guess, my my triple step grandparents. Um, but that's exhausting, so I just call them grandma and grandpa. That's funny. Yeah, that this the whole step uh, paradigm is pretty difficult to explain, but I, I feel you there. But they're still alive, though, huh? They're they must uh, be up there. Yeah, huh? yeah, up in their nineties. They are the funnest, most active. People that you can ever imagine, they would exhaust you. If you spent a weekend with them, they would take you to so many parties and luncheons and get-togethers and things, you would be absolutely exhausted by the end of the weekend. They will run circles around you. That's amazing. You know, I'll be quite honest with you. I, I picture you that way when you're 90 because, like, you give me <laughs> – I think uh, Megan and I hung out with you and Sarah one time, and we couldn't keep up with you. You guys, like, get up, like, at the crack of dawn – and you're just like, let's go here, let's go there. But uh, that, that kind of like reminds me of you a little bit there. Would you say that that might be accurate? I, I, I like to think it's accurate. Sometimes I feel like I'm slow and lazy, but I guess even my slow and lazy is pretty high gear compared to some. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just always kind of have the philosophy of I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead kind of thing. Like I'm alive right now and, and uh, there's stuff to do. So let's go do stuff. Yeah, yeah, you you do kind of roll that you way. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's not really much, I still want to do it. Uh, or at least talk about doing it, which I do a lot of. I do a lot of talking about doing things, oh, especially okay lately. Too. Yeah, past couple years. It's been a whole lot of, we should do this. Yeah, but maybe, you know, not right now. But yeah, well, um, you, yeah, you have kids and stuff. But sorry, the Kids make it hard. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, the grandparents thing. Uh I saw a story, I think it was the New York Times, I don't remember honestly, but I was reading a story that that just fucking made me laugh, and I had to write it down to ask you about it. I don't know if you've heard about it or whatever. It's not an important story, but a hilarious story. And apparently in China, there is a a growing 
problem <laughs> of fucking grannies dancing out in like public in public spaces on streets or in parks or just kind of out in public big groups of grannies get together and dance and for some reason they call it square dancing but they're not like square dancing like we think of like like hoedown kind of square dancing i think they're calling it square dancing because they're out there like dancing in the square like the public square or something i don't know but that's, oh. that's my assumption so anyway there's big groups of grannies getting together and they're dancing um which all right whatever cute but who gives a shit uh, what made me laugh about it was the way that the story explained the reaction of, of the youth and the youth is all pissed off about it. Cause the grannies are like in their way, like, I don't know, like blocking their basketball courts and, and the grannies are apparently like kind of assholes about it. And they just kind of go like, fuck you youngsters. We're out here dancing. And, and they're, <laughs> they're, um, they're kind of like just, uh, uh, being dicks about it. And young people are all pissed off. Like, oh, these grannies are a nuisance and all this kind of stuff. And it felt like, like a, like a wonderful role reversal of grannies being, uh, against the grain and like, fuck you, I'm doing this. And young people being all uppity about, you know, being inconvenienced by, by, uh, by someone else. So it, it felt like a fun reversal of roles. And, uh, I like these grannies. They're pretty punk rock. That's kind of funny. Um, I would think that there would be footage of that because, man, wouldn't that footage go viral? You see a whole uh, and bunch. I think of... that's. I think it did. I'm sure if you Google "dancing grannies China," um, th there'll be tons of it. So I think it's something that went viral, and then the news station picked it up. Like, hey, this is like a thing now. So I'm pretty sure it did go viral. But I'm not on social media a lot, other than our podcast Twitter page. Uh, so I don't know. Viral things pass me right by. You know, it I could do my be... best to avoid viruses, coronavirus, Facebook viral videos, and I'm kind of like sitting out on all the viruses. Anything with a V, yeah, um, especially volcanoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, volcanoes. Like... <laughs> I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think in the 1500s there was uh, kind of an epidemic, um, and I might be getting the time period wrong, but there was. Uh, a mass psychosis of dancing that would that spontaneously occurred on the street streets okay. and people would just dance and dance and dance and dance and they wouldn't stop dancing and some of them danced until they died until they just dropped dead wow. and they call it a, a mass psychosis and i mean i think we have a, a few mass psychosis that were and right now, so I wouldn't be so surprised there would be a dancing granny psychosis going on right now at the moment, too. Man, is that where the phrase, like, dance till you drop kind of came out? Could be. All right. Yeah, I'll have to look That's that up, but I, I want to say it was like, uh, yeah, that, that one's pretty easy to find, too. Um, just like uh, you could just type mass psychosis and dancing. And uh, it was just really interesting how those things happened. Um, is that like just like lemming mob mentality? Like a big group of people are doing something, so more people just gravitate into that and keep doing it, and they just are so sucked into the whole momentum of the crowd that they just dance till they die? That seems nuts. You know, I is don't know. Were they like protesting uh, Pope rule or something, and they're just like, we're going to dance until we die and show him? Or was it? Or they just, or was it just like a really awesome song that went on way too long, and they just they couldn't stop dancing. You know, I I like to think of it like I don't know if you've ever seen this video, and I'll have to find this one too. But it's such a great little video of, and I don't know where it was. I want to say maybe Utah or out west somewhere, and people were at a concert, a very big concert, 
in like a, a very open field, like on the top of a hill, because like in the distance, you could see mountains far away and people like had picnic blankets and it was kind of sprawled out a little bit. And there was one guy who was just there dancing by himself with the music and he was just into it. I mean, he just was going at it and somebody filmed him just dancing by himself the entire time. And they were kind of, you know, kind of started where they were laughing at him a little bit. People were like, oh, how funny. Uh. And then they kept filming him. And then somebody came over and started dancing with him for a little while. It was like just because he was just so engrossed in the dancing. He was it was infectious. So more people showed up. And then the next thing you know, like it, the whole thing was caught on on camera where then it, it ended up just being an everybody started dancing with the guy. Huh. Um, you know, at huh. first he was a laughing stock and then it turned out he actually started the entire dance. Uh, and he ended up being ensemble. a trend setting trailblazing, uh, icon. Yeah. And that's almost like the, uh, the, the Forrest Gump effect when he was just running, you know, when, uh, he was all bummed out, um, bummed out about his mom passing and he just like got off the porch and ran, kept running, yeah. I was running and, uh, Eventually, people were just like, yeah, this running thing's pretty cool. And they just started running with him. And the next thing you know, he had a giant crowd just running with him. Um, that's true. The Forrest that, Gump effect. Yeah, that's true. That was a movie. But that's true. That uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's no, it's, it's totally applicable and, and equal. It's the exact same thing. Dude, I remember hearing another thing, like, dancing until you're fucking, like, exhausted is... Uh, uh, I wish I had more detail on it, but um, the way I remember it is there was some, like, radio uh, contest of, for example, like, hey, whoever can dance the longest um, will win this car. So they get a group of entrants, say they get 50 people to enter, they start playing music, all 50 people start dancing. Um, some people start getting tired, they crap out, and then the crowd gets smaller and smaller, and the very last person left dancing wins the car. And the uh, radio station had to stop doing it because some people went so long that they, you know, ended up, I don't know if anyone died or what, but I guess it became like hazardous because uh, people were just going way beyond reasonable health limits. And I guess the radio station, I don't know, got in trouble or just decided not to do it again because it turned out um, to be bad publicity when, you know, that wasn't exactly their plan or something like that. Um, but you know, to win a car or something, I guess you're going to motivate people to uh, kind of stretch their limits and go too far. Yeah, you know, I think that that reminds me, there was another radio um, contest where they had, but this one was an odd one. It was like, who can drink the most water? Oh, maybe I'm blending memories. I think, okay, go tell your story because it's better. I might be fucking it all up. But essentially, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Well... I mean, this one was tragic, too, because... Yeah, I know the water one. Someone died, right? Yeah, uh-huh. She drank so much water that she depleted all her sodium and died. Who knew you that couldn't... you could do that? You know, I guess anything in, in too much excess is bad for you. But... Yeah, like even water, which is like the, the main necessity of living. Uh, but you can you can have too much of that. And then that's what happens? You deplete your sodium? I think so. Yeah, huh. I think yeah, you just uh, you deplete your sodium completely, and uh, you pee I, it all out or something. You need or you sodium can't pee. Was that, was that part I of mean, the radio contest? <laughs> you could you couldn't pee. I'm sorry, I just talked all over you. No, what, was that part peeing? of the, was part of the radio contest that you drank water but couldn't pee? Or? Oh, I'm sure. No, that wasn't what it was. But I mean, it had to be on the honor system too, right? Because I mean, you're like, oh, hey, how many gallons did you drink? Um, you could. 
probably lie about it, right? I don't know. Maybe I actually was in person. I'm not sure. I just heard about this secondhand. But yeah, some lady, she just drank so much and she ended up dying. And that's what I heard it was. It was um, you deplete your sodium when you do that. Hmm. Man, sucks. Yeah. I've never been a big one. I used to work at radio stations. And when I first got into radio, I worked on the um, promotions teams, which are the teams that go out and do these sorts of bullshit, um, you know, promotional kind of stunts where you're out on a street corner uh, asking trivia questions and giving out radio station prizes, promoting the radio station, trying to get listeners, get attention, basically just out there promoting, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes you tie in sponsors and help promote a product or a service or some some sponsor on the station. But uh, people will do a lot of stuff for kind of bullshit giveaways. Like, obviously, a car, that's pretty big. And I don't know what they were giving away at the water contest. I imagine it's a big chunk of money or something pretty attractive for someone to drink so much water they died. But I've seen firsthand people make idiots of themselves or go to great lengths to win really nonsense stuff like like a radio station t-shirt or uh you know a free dvd of some stupid fucking b movie or whatever like people would just show up at radio station promotional events come up to the tent sign up for whatever you're doing and participate and really exert a lot of energy and effort and time into total nonsense and i remember always thinking like hey my job is to get you interested in our promotion so i had to play it up make it really fun we're really glad people are par- people are participating but all i could ever think of is man if i was off work today i would not be here fucking going through all this bullshit jumping through hoops to win a t-shirt what a waste of time yeah there are people that will do things for very insignificant what i would consider insignificant things uh, like you're saying there i uh Because like a lot of times you'll see these promotions where they're saying like, oh, giving away $10,000 or giving away this. And really, you don't have to give away $10,000 to attract uh, a certain cohort of people. You can give away a hundred bucks and a pack of peanuts, you know, and (laughs) people will like take their pants off and like, you know, uh, do whatever to win that prize. Yeah. Dude, there was one where it was a, a clothing store that was opening a new location and they hired the radio station to promote it and be on site for the grand opening. And the grand opening was going to be like early in the morning and they were going to give away, I don't know, like $50 gift cards or $100 gift cards to the first 100 people or whatever, the first big chunk of people that came through the door, right? Because they really wanted a big group of people waiting outside when they first opened the door to this clothing store. Um, And it got out of hand, dude. People were fucking sleeping in the parking lot Uh, the night before, um, they were like rioting and breaking windows and all that kind of shit when it came around time to, to open up the store and they couldn't even do the promotion. It became so out of control that they couldn't give out the gift cards. The whole thing lost all of its structure. Police got involved and it became like this huge problem where the whole promotion backfired, um, because people just went into an absolute frenzy for the gift cards or, the thought of winning a gift card. I don't know what was more important to them, the $50 gift card or just the need to win the $50 gift card. I don't know, but people went apeshit. Yeah, that's like the whole auction mentality, right? Wow. It's like on eBay, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've been caught up in it in, it in some regard, oh, you yeah. know, because like when oh, auctions yeah. first started coming out, it was like, ooh, you know, because there was the allure of you can get something cheap. You can get mm-hmm. it like way under price, but... Of course, 
what you have is competition trying to beat you in that too. So then there's those bidding wars where you're just like bidding as the lowest amount that you possibly can to stay on top at yeah. the right possible second. And you're trying to like strike that in there. And it's like that whole competition aspect just, yeah, it gets, it, it kind of, that kind of like turns into like a psychosis kind of thing, like some kind of, uh, yep. Uh, a, a, you know, a brain, competitive know. kind of yeah, competitive kind of thing like uh, our our animal instinct to fight for resources or whatever. And I've certainly been caught up in those, especially in the early days of eBay when there was no Amazon. Online shopping was a fairly new thing, and eBay had some really cool um, stuff. You know, a lot of like collectibles and a lot of all yeah. kinds of stuff, really. But for me, it would it would be some sort of a neat collectible, and I would end up getting into a bidding war and there's a lot of psychology involved, right? It's a lot like poker or something like that. So, uh, except it's a lot like online poker because you don't know who your opponent is. All they are is a username and bid activity. And so you create this whole like perceived, uh, person or perceived profile of a person while you're against them in this bidding war. And you know, you'll, you'll, you'll bid and you're sitting and watching this bid where say it's like a 10 day auction or whatever and you get in early and you throw in a bid and you're high bidder for like five or six days and you keep checking it every day <laughs> every day and and you're just like yeah i'm high bidder i'm getting this bitch i'm winning this motherfucker yeah dude no activity no activity i'm just winning it and then uh you know two or three days before it ends like someone else jumps in the game and like outbids you and you log in and you're like oh what the fuck oh who's this fucking guy and you look at his profile and you look at his like his purchase history and in his rating history, you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking eBayer, dude. Like, this guy, this guy's fucking game. All right, how am I going to go against him? Do I just outbid him by 50 cents? Or do I just fucking squash him like a bug and jump at 20 bucks or something? Like, bitch, back off. You know, what's my play here? And uh, I don't know, dude. Sometimes it's the 50 cents. Sometimes it's the 20 bucks. Sometimes you you want to play it cool. Like, ah, I don't really care. I'll just up at 50. I'll up at 50 cents. What are you going to do? You know, inching up, inching up. Um, and then you get into this whole psychological battle and then, you know, two or three days of this goes on and you're checking this fucking auction all day long, you know, refresh, 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 seeing what he did. Oh, he outbid me again. Oh, he outbid me by $2. Hmm. All right. I'm going to outbid this motherfucker by $5. Like, click, suck on that, bitch. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, you know, the worst thing is you go through this whole thing of this 10-day auction, flying high when you're, when you're high bidder for days and days, and then this new guy comes in and you're locking horns with him and you're doing battle and all that, and you're getting down to the day of ending, and it's going there, and you're going back and forth and back and forth, and then the guy disappears, and you win, or, or you're winning, and, and you're high bidder, and you're just sitting there, and the guy stopped bidding, and you feel like, I won this motherfucker, yeah, and you're watching the clock tick down, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, and then it gets down into seconds, and you, know, you watch the little clock tick down to the very last minute, and then it gets to the zero mark, you hit refresh, and someone else won. And you're like, what What happened? I was, I was high bidder the whole time. There's that and eBay sniping software, wasn't there? Sniping software. Dude. Yeah. You come I remember it. when I learned sniping software existed, I was playing this auction like an idiot. I was yeah. engaged for days, going back and forth, nickels and dimes and pennies. And uh, uh, I would go, I would lock horns like I was describing, you know, all this time and effort and emotional investment. And uh, at the very end, some dickhead had programmed a sniping piece of software to just say, hey, at the last fraction of a second, uh, outbid the highest bidder by a dollar with a maximum ceiling of this amount. 
and he just got to walk away and go hang out and hang out with his friends and have a beer and never check the auction activity or nothing. And, yeah, uh, yeah, beat me at the last second. I I remember the first time that happened to me. It was a TV, a big screen TV, back when big screen TVs were like a thing. You know, everyone's got big screen TVs now. But back in the day, when the in the era of tube TVs, this was a rear projection big screen TV. And I wanted it. And uh, I did the, I did all the shit I was just talking about. I sat and I babysat that auction for days and days and days and the whole thing. And at the very end, some sniping software outbid me, boom, by like a couple of bucks, lost. And I remember I like full-blown got mad. I was yelling at the screen, research, <laughs> like, what is this bullshit? How could this happen? Found out what the sniping software is and how I got effed in the A. And I was so mad about it. I even messaged the guy through fa- through eBay who won and cussed him out and lost all my cool and totally just <laughs> cut and totally like went off on him. Dude. That was mine, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, and his response was made me even smaller than I was for going off on him. His response was something like, Hey dude, I didn't even really want the TV. And if you were cool, I would just say that you could have it, you know. I I would just back off my bid, but uh now I want it and I'm keeping it. And I'm like Fuck. Yeah. That's what I get for being an emotional bitch over here. Uh, But lesson learned. It was an interesting learning experience. Yeah. I remember it vividly to this day. Yeah. You won't won't go through that again. Uh, I had one of those. Was that the same kind of projection TV I had in Mission Viejo? Do you remember that? It was uh, exactly like... Oh, it was... It was the exact TV, Derek. Oh, was I it? liked yeah, your TV, that was a bomb TV so much. It was a Sony TV. <laughs> I liked your TV so much, and it was so fucking cool looking. It was all silver, the silver frame, and it was really yeah. bitching. It was the widescreen format, yeah, and it was a, and it was a floor standing setup. So you didn't yeah. like set it on top of a of a TV stand or anything. It was this floor standing unit that looked fucking cool, dude. Yeah. And uh, I I went out and searched the model number of that TV on eBay. So yes, the one I ate shit on was the exact same TV. You I had. was I was wondering, man, because I have to agree. Like that TV, it like encapsulated the movie theater experience. Like it, it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the TVs have dramatically changed now. We have like super HD, almost 8K now. But like yeah. there was something about that TV where the picture just made it look as if it was like you were sitting in a theater. And like, if you popped on like Pulp Fiction on that bad boy, like while you were having a party and that thing was just playing in the background, it was just like dope. Well, I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to equate it to video game graphics because that TV was amazing. And yeah, it was this epic game changing experience to watch that TV that's why I was like, I must have one. This is a, an amazing TV. Uh, but I think it was just what it was just that amazing because in comparison to what was out that 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 time, which were like square tube TVs, big and clunky and not as clear and not widescreen format, you know, all that kind of crap. Um, whereas now, if you magically had that exact same TV in your room right now and you turned it on, you'd be like, eh, not so great compared to the. 60-inch fucking, you know, LCD or AMOLED screen you have hanging on your wall and just the normal amazing TV that everyone has now that you can buy for fucking $600 at Costco. Um, Compared to what we have now, I don't think it's even close. But in our memory, it was was the, the greatest thing you could possibly imagine because at the time, compared to what else was out there, it really was groundbreaking and, and amazing. 
Um, and I equate that to video game graphics because uh, your brother Ron and I were actually talking about this the other day. Um, we were talking about Resident Evil, and we loved Resident Evil, the game. We played it on uh, original PlayStation, and then I think we got a version on PlayStation 2 back in the day. But the original PlayStation version of Resident Evil was fucking amazing to us, and it was this engrossing fucking uh, incredible graphics and super violent and and just just an in, intense experience. Um, and we remember it that way, and then now... I don't know, five versions of PlayStation later, um, we, uh, we, we, we look at, we look back at that. Oh, what happened is his wife bought him an old version of Resident Evil 2 and an old style PlayStation, a throwback version. And he played it with all these amazing memories of how great it was in his head. And he's like, oh man, this is disappointing, dude. The graphics aren't that good. And the whole thing fucking sucks. Um, yeah. Cause that was a scary game. Today, that was, was a scary, scary. It was. It, yeah. And now, like, if you if you play that game and you're like, yeah, I got scared of this game, like, the kids would laugh at you, like, ah, oh, you pussy. Yeah, his wife did <laughs> such a nice thing. Like, he talked about it all the time, and she's like, I'm going to give him an incredible gift. I'm going to buy a throwback PlayStation, buy him that game that he loves, and he's going to have this incredible relived childhood experience. And he was excited, turned off all the lights, got ready to play it, popped it in, and went, oh, man, this is really not that great. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Because uh, in your memory... You remember this being amazing, and at the time it was, compared to what else was out there, that was a groundbreaking, incredible uh, game, but compared to what we have now, it's just bad. Yeah, no, you know? it is. So, yeah. I think your TV is equal to that, uh, but man, that TV was the shit for the time <laughs> when you had it. You know what I got, like, you were, I think you were mentioning, like, TVs, like, in the $600 range, well... Yeah. I got one most recently that was in the $400 range and it's one of those Amazon fire TVs. Oh yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Like I don't like Amazon and I don't like fire and, uh, but I do like the TV <laughs> and I, I won't let it connect man. to the, you know, like fire. <laughs> I, I don't, I won't let it connect to the internet because it's just constantly begging to connect to the internet, like, please, like, please, 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 hook me, me. Up. yeah, hook me up to your Wi-Fi. It's really easy. Come on, you know just you do want it. to. You yeah. know you want to stream <laughs> it's, Hulu. <laughs> it's trying too hard, man. It's trying. It's like let me send all the data I collected all the way to the Amazon cloud. Please. Yeah, but don't you want to? Don't you want to like stream Netflix? Don't you want to stream? Don't you stream on your TV? I do, but I do it through the PlayStation. So I have the PlayStation uh, hooked up through that. And I don't like, uh, I'm not allowing this Amazon Fire TV to send all my stuff to Russia and China and all these other countries. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what so, what PlayStation do you have? I have the PS5, Bielch. Oh, is that the latest one? or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I got it. I got it right when it very first became available. Like, right. Oh, when it were came you like waiting available. in line? Breaking windows like the people I was talking about from the radio station? Uh, no, actually, um, what happened was my brother John uh, texted me and Chris, uh, me and Tups, on a chat. And he said, it looks like the PlayStation might be coming out soon. So, like, there was b a buzz was a, a, around. And it was supposed to actually be released the next day. Uh -huh. But the, the links started going out early. So we were like, oh, well... 
hey, um, you know, how, how do we get this? So I started searching Twitter because Twitter is like, you're going to find the most up-to-date information like pretty quick. Yeah. So I started yeah. searching Twitter and I found a link on there and I, and I found one and I went through and I purchased and checked out and I sent it to both of them. And I was like, here, get it. And then they both got it too. But it was like uh, very rare in order to like, to, wow. to have gotten one of those. Like people still can't get those, I think. You know, it's wow. like, yeah, it's a tough one, but yeah, the very first come PS5. Out? How, how new is it? Um, we're talking about six months out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty red. Yeah, six months um, ago or so. I have not owned a video game system since Sega Dreamcast. Do you remember Dreamcast? Yeah, I uh, do. Yeah. I loved Dreamcast. Dude, and honestly, goddamn, Derek, I think that might have been 20 years ago. Um, Dreamcast was rad because it had all kinds of really fun uh, gaming attachments, which I guess probably exists now. I don't know because I'm lame and not into video games much. But um, it had like a, uh, a fishing controller and steering wheel controller and guns and all kinds of rad stuff. It was a very arcade-like video game system where they had like that zombie game. Uh, House of the Dead, House of the Dead 2, and, you know, zombies were coming at you, and you had a, a gun controller, and you were basically just standing there blowing away zombies, and then you shoot off the screen to reload one of those kind of arcade-style shooting games, and the fishing game was fun, because the fishing controller had, like, vibration built into it. Uh, it was It was a really awesome game, but, yeah, that was, like, 20 years ago, and in my mind, again, like we were talking about earlier, in my mind, in my memory... Dreamcast was amazing. The games were really great graphics and really cool depth and, and and the whole thing. And now I'm sure if I turned it on, which I still have, it's all in a box in the garage. I could fire it up, but I won't because I think I would just be disappointed uh, because I'd be like, wow, this like really sucks. I can't believe I ever liked this. Yeah, I remember like you, that game cat or what Dreamcast you had, like nobody else had one. You were like the only one that I knew that had yeah. it and it was pretty sick like it had some good games and uh mm -hmm. yeah there there were some like party games too like you could play in a group that were like really yeah. popular and stuff it, it yeah, was you a do good four system. controllers and then we were like that snowboarding game you could get four people snowboarding there and you're like battling by tricks so whoever did the most tricks going down the mountain you know you build up points and you're kind of battling um the shooting game was a ton of fun uh yeah it was it was it was a fun system and uh yeah, that was the last one I owned, so I am so out of date on video games. And I have not evolved with video gamers into the amazing world of video games now because the level of control and the worlds that are created in video games, just the 3D nature of, of the worlds in there and the type of navigation um, awareness that, that it requires to move around in current video games uh, has totally left me in the dust. So... My nephew, who has who who is into video games and always has the latest video game system, uh, sometimes he'll just put a controller in my hand and be like, "Here, check this out, Uncle Mike. Play this," and I'll I'll run through a world, and then I'm just like stuck running into a corner or something like a like an ancient grandparent trying to play video games. Like, oh fuck, I can't even get out of the corner. Like, he's like, "No, no, rotate around this way or whatever," and I'm ducking and ducking, and I'm like, "I can't turn around. How do I turn around? I just don't understand the." Uh, the control in modern video games and it makes me feel really old and really stupid and so I, I just give it back and watch him play because he's amazing at it so video games have totally left me in the dust
Well, you weren't that big of a gamer back in the day, though. Like, no, I, I, I kind of was. was a gamer. Were, were you? Would you consider yourself a gamer? Because I didn't really see you much as a gamer. Like the the Dreamcast no. was kind of a. It was just a fun. Know. Let's get yeah. drunk and snowboard, or let's get drunk and shoot zombies game. It was never like. For me, at least, it wasn't like, oh, I'm really into this game. I'm really trying to get through and beat this game. I, I've never been that guy. Uh, you know, getting high or getting drunk and playing the snowboarding game, totally. That was awesome. But no, I was never a big gamer. Yeah, see, I still play games. I still right. play, like, I play Call of Duty, Modern mm. Warfare, or, um, no, Call of Duty, uh, I don't know, whatever the newer one is. Um, but I, I like it. And so I've kind of caught up with them. Well, that's why I have the PS5, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but dude, you know, it's also a big commitment. So like, I like video games. They're cool. Um, I, 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 part of me feels like, yeah, why not just buy a rad system, get a few games and it'd be fun. Um, but I feel like I would just spend a ton of time doing something that I'm not that great at and don't enjoy all that much, but I do easily get sucked into things and become obsessive so I, I fear that I would just get sucked into video games. The next thing you know, I'm spending all my free time playing video games. And then I'm less productive and all that. And I don't know. It's probably like a totally lame uh, way to look at it. But I feel like I have to, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like I have to like manage or limit my access to certain things to prevent myself from becoming obsessed with them. And uh, I'm obsessive by nature. So knowing that, I have to choose what I allow myself to be obsessed with um, and try to keep that productive. So like, oh, don't obsess on this, obsess on this, because it's a productive, better use of your time. And video games for me is one of those where I'm like, oh, God, if I if I uh, cross that bridge, then you'll just never see me again. I'll just be fucking stuck in a room playing video games all the time. I'm going to you're going to receive like a shipment of uh, pink bunny rabbits. Because I want you to be obsessed oh. with some pink bunny rabbit. <laughs> That's a weird analogy. <laughs> I don't know why I came up with that. <laughs> but you you're know, like, I get obsessed funny... with almost anything. I'm like, well, let me ship them some pink bunny rabbits. Some, some stuffed pink bunny rabbits. Let me see you know what would be funny? Kind of, imagine if you, like someone who's addressed. Imagine who's addressed like you know. Like, okay, you know your brother's address. Or even like a, a random friend. Oh, even like a neighbor who you don't even know that well, who would never suspect you. If you just pick like a neighbor who you're like, I'm going to fucking trip that guy out. And you buy like 50 stuffed pink bunny rabbits and have them delivered to his house. Uh, and he just <laughs> opens the door one day and there's like four big boxes on his porch like oh what's all this what do we order honey did you order something big no i didn't order anything big like wow we got four giant boxes on the porch like what the hell is this all right you open one up and it's 25 fucking pink bunny rabbits inside of it <laughs> like what the fuck this is so weird and then there's three more boxes and then he's like what are in what's in these and opens up the second one and another 25 pink bunny rabbits you know you'd be like yeah, what the you know, fuck this is so weird you know what I've always wanted to do? You know those Sky Mall catalogs in, in the uh, oh. airplanes? Do they still have you those? Know, I haven't flown in a while. I, th I think so. But you remember that big Sasquatch that was like six foot tall? <laughs> he probably weighed like 300 pounds. I just want to go put that in like my mom's yard. You know? And just like, ever come she, home she'd, and be like, what the fuck is that in my yard? <laughs> she'd be like, why would anyone put that there? And it's like so you want to try to coordinate it so that 
so you're there to enjoy the reaction so you can just be like yeah. what <laughs> what's that about mom why do you why do you have that i didn't order that they have some other ones too where like those big masks that you put on a tree and uh so it gives the tree a face you know <laughs> um what well, the sky mall is the epitome of just really fun, useless, nonsense things that don't need to exist, but I'm so glad they exist. Like, totally bullshit items that it's amazing anyone ever progressed from the uh, idea phase to the production phase on some of these items where you're, you're, you're reading a magazine going like, why does that exist? And why is it for sale? And has anyone ever bought one? And now I kind of want one. You know they're getting it for pennies on the dollar, too, because like you said, you know, they're like, oh, oh yeah. this is my billion-dollar idea, so I'm going to make these uh, these leg massagers that you, you surround your your legs with, and uh, you turn on the heat, and then it massages you. You've seen those things, too, I'm sure. Um, well, but and that's it's like, a perfect uh, thing to have in a, in a Sky Mall magazine, because that's what people are sitting there reading, and they're just going like, oh, man, that would be awesome right now while I'm standing on this, while I'm sitting in the plane. Uh, if I had some gigantic calf encapsulating massage apparatus i would totally enjoy that uh yeah and so if you're ever going to decide to buy that big calf massaging apparatus that would be the time but you're never going to use it you're never going to sit on your couch at home and go huh i could go for a calf massage and like go <laughs> to the fucking other room and grab this giant apparatus oh and and get an extension cord because you know it only comes with like an 18 inch cord so you got to get an extension cord run it all the way to the couch Stick your legs in this apparatus, sit there, and uh, go, wow, this was a fantastic purchase. I'm so, I'm so glad I bought this. It's very useful and effective, and uh, I don't regret this purchase at all. This was a Honey, it's time for your nightly decision. calf massage. Should I plug it in for <laughs> you and get it out of the closet? Uh, not yet. Not yet, honey. First, uh, first I'm going to go change and put on more massage-friendly pants. Because these pants don't massage well. I'm going to go put on better pants to accommodate my nightly calf massage. And I will be back soon. Please have my calf massaging apparatus prepared and plugged in. I will be back shortly with, with, uh, with better pants for my calf massage. Thank you. Speaking about pants, I got some new pants yesterday, finally. Megan just trousers had trousers or pants? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are trousers. I got some trousers. And uh, she just couldn't take it anymore. She was like, you know, we're going to Thanksgiving. We're going to go see your family. And you, you, the jeans you got, like, like I got one pair of jeans basically that I, that I like. I mean, I got more, but I don't wear them. You know, you know how it goes. I got that uh -huh. pair that I love and she's just had it. So we went to the store and uh, we went to Dillard's is what it's called. Um, it's a, maybe that's a Southern thing. I don't know, but it's kind of like an upper end kind of scale store. I didn't know, uh, based on the name of it, but we go Dude. there and, yeah. uh, luckily she finds the gayest guy there who also <laughs> tends to have the best taste and know everything, you know, it's like, so she was like, what do you wear? And in this really high end store, he's, he's basically like, I only wear two things in this store. He's <laughs> like, and he pointed to one, it's like really classy and dressy. And then he pointed another, which was like this athletic wear kind of stuff. And they compete with Lululemon and Fabletics a little bit. And I love, I love both those things, but, um, these were like, these are a pair of khaki pants that look like a million bucks, but dude, dude, 
And and I wish I knew the the brand of it right now because I don't. But maybe I can come back and and I'll share that with you later. They're like sweatpants. They are like sweatpants, and they're stretchy. Huh. But you can't tell they're stretchy from afar. They look like dockers. They they look like you're you're dressed up and you're uncomfortable, but you are not uncomfortable. It is wow. Yeah, maybe I'm. I like those. I love yeah. this new thing of blending elastane into material. Um, clothes manufacturers started doing this uh, with pants, with board shorts, uh, even t-shirts now. So when you look at the makeup of of really comfortable t-shirts. It'll be like um, 70% cotton, 25% uh, polyester, and 5% spandex or elastane. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that is the blend you want because it's cotton, which feels normal, and polyester kind of gives it more of a smoothie kind of a feel. And that little 5% uh, combination of elastane or spandex makes it stretch and move with you. And that is game-changing. Uh, I don't know when they started doing that. I only discovered it within the last couple of years. But now I only buy clothes that have those sorts of, like, stretchy materials kind of blended into them. Because, yeah, dude, it's it's fucking game-changing. Like, okay, it makes T-shirts more comfortable. It makes pants, um, like, wearable. I, I, I've always hated wearing pants, uh, long pants, because jeans are way too... Way too stiff for me. It's like on your jeans, balls, right? It's about jeans the, don't it's a, move, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, say you had to like step over something. Like, I have baby gates in my house, and I'm way too lazy to like open the latch and open the baby gate, so I just step right over the baby gate. Uh, but try doing that in jeans. It ain't happening, dude. You're you're fucking tripping over the baby gate and falling on your face. Um, but new jeans, like I know I have a pair of lucky. Lucky brand jeans that do this, and a lot of other brand jeans do this too, where they blend in some stretchy material, some elastane or spandex or whatever, and you can't tell. They look just like jeans. They feel just like jeans, but they stretch, and they move with you, and it is fucking awesome, and uh, I'll never wear like a normal pair of full-blown, just 100% denim jeans again. Yeah, that's what these are. They have that stuff in there, and he was explaining a little bit, and he went to the the extreme of saying like this is what nasa uses on their space shuttle not just because of the texture but uh, i mean not space shuttle but the people that wear it and maybe go up into the space station i should say this is the material <laughs> is that protects shuttle. us during re-entry into our atmosphere you're like whoa i just need some pants dude i'm not fucking going to space somebody put some pants on that space shuttle <laughs> I can see his butt crack. We need better pants for that <laughs> fucking capsule. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, but the other aspect of it, too, is that he says that there is no smell on it. They do not absorb or keep any smell. And the story that he told was that he's like, our store manager tested this out because he runs 10 miles every day, which is, wow, that's a long fucking way to run every day. But what he did was he ran in these clothes for 10 miles and he threw them into uh, like a bathroom or something for like a week. And then he brought them out and he had his wife smell them. And he said, hey, check these out. Do they smell? And she's like, no. And then he told her the experience, what happened. And she's like, oh, well, that's that was very unpleasant. But um, you're right. They don't smell. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that that story. But yeah, they don't, you know, and now I'm hyping these guys. Um I'm going to have to tell you 
the brand at some point. Uh, throw it up on Twitter later on, like once you find your 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 space pants. Yeah, my, my space shuttle pants. <laughs> yeah, your space yeah. shuttle pants. Like throw them on your Twitter feed. I, I got to see what these are. And they also have like nice dress shirts too that are like, but I bought a button up dress shirt that yeah. they make and it's like the same material, but you can't tell that it's that material from afar. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's like those, you know, I'm wearing one now that one of these Nike shirts, it's like the sweat wicking ones, you know, like yeah. kind of the first generation ones that like mm -hmm. are super comfortable or like they rub all over your nipples. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but the first uh, the first generation of those like dry fit kind of uh, sweat wicking shirts, they didn't stretch. Uh, they were just 100 percent polyester. So they were pretty rigid. But yeah, uh, now they're starting to blend in some of that stretchy shit. And uh, now you get like the light, breathable, moisture wicking kind of soft, smooth material. But it also stretches with you like, oh, damn, that's that's where it's at, dude. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know what I've noticed, too, is that girl shirts figured this out a long time ago like tops. girls yeah. shirts would be the oh yeah tops mm -hmm. uh girls shirts would be that kind of light super smooth cottony which i think is called like ring spun cotton or whatever that like extra smooth kind of thin light cottony material with a little bit of stretch blended in girl shirts have been making it out of that material forever and guys have been over here with these ridiculous heavy fucking non-moving 100 percent cotton heavy cotton gildan fucking t-shirts um, for way too long and there's just there's just better t-shirts out there you know and and a lot of clothing manufacturers are on board with it now but for a while it was hard to find good shirts and what i get mad about is i love wearing band shirts i love supporting bands and during covid bands like didn't play for like a year bands are starting to play concerts again but for like a year a year and a half or whatever like concerts didn't exist right um and I had little kids, so I wouldn't be going to them anyway. So as a non-concert goer, for multiple reasons, for a long time, I still wanted to support bands, especially through COVID, because, uh, sure, I couldn't go to the show because of kids, but they couldn't even play concerts. And most bands aren't super rich to where they can just take a year off of touring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I chose to start buying merchandise from bands I really like during COVID um, just to kind of show a little support. Well, while, while they couldn't work, you know? Uh -huh. um, but, so what I found, though, is it was really tough to find good quality material shirts from bands. Like, a lot of them were still printing on those cheap-ass Gildan Beefy or Hanes Beefy tees or Gildan fucking heavy 100% cotton t-shirts. And uh, I won't wear those anymore. Like, man, after wearing those for so long and then finding, like, better material shirts, when I put on one of those old concert shirts, those heavy Beefy tees, it just feels like, a fucking lead blanket hanging on me and just, ugh, fucking gross. Yeah, it's like nails on a chalkboard, huh? Even, like, touching that I material. I'm like, ew, I don't want to touch I this stuff. It. This is gross. Well, and even the cut, dude. Like, they cut them with, just, like, really weird sleeve cut to where they just don't fit, like, better, more modern shirts that kind of match the shape of arms, you know? Because, like, who stands with their arms straight out to the side like, like, like you're being crucified or something? Uh, I usually stand with my arms down. You know, so 90% of the time, that's that's how I'm standing. I'm not being crucified, luckily. Uh, so I don't really want my arms totally outstretched to the side. And uh, yeah, yeah, those old style t-shirts are just uncomfortable and fucking shitty. Uh, you know what I luckily, like now, too, on the new clothes is the, um, on the pants, they have like the enhanced type pockets where mm -hmm. they have like a pocket or a, and a zipper pocket inside that pocket. Oh, you ever get any of those? like sash some, pocket. 
yeah, Fabletics has that, and I love those. They're like the Fabletics shorts. It's really all I wear like at home. I put on these shorts, and they're just amazing. They're, they're that stretchy, super stretchy material, like a rubber band almost, but not, you know, a little bit more clothy than that. But, yeah, the pockets are amazing. They'll have a pocket, and then another pocket in that pocket that is zipped. So, like, if you want to keep something important, you can just put it in there and zip it up, and you're like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, because those like kind of like soft little athletic shorts. I wear those all the time at home too. I have a brand that I really like that I buy on Amazon called Dev Ops, and it's they're just basically like athletic shorts, and they're that stretchy kind of light polyestery kind of nice soft material. Fucking love them. I bought like ten pairs because uh, that's how I buy things, and that's all yeah. I wear every night. As soon as I get home, I take off my work clothes and put on Dev Ops uh, shorts, and the pockets are very smooth. They don't have a zipper thing in there. And uh, I slide my phone into my pocket, and when I'm on the floor, which I'm on the floor a lot because I have young boys, so we're wrestling on the floor all the time, or I'm down there doing a puzzle, my phone slides out of my pocket all the time. Uh, so some sort of a zippery uh, thing in a pocket would be cool. But is the zippery part of your pocket big enough for a phone or, like, change, or what are you, what are you zipping up in your pocket? No, probably not. I. You know, I only use it like if I'm in the yard and I'm doing some yard work and I have my keys on me or something and I don't want them to fly out and never be able to find them. So, like, I don't think it could fit a phone, really. I don't put my phone in my pocket. If I My phone's too big to put it in a pocket. If I do have a phone in a pocket, it's usually in my back pocket. And then when I get to my place of rest, I pull the phone out and put it somewhere. But, um, you know, you probably don't want that radiation that close to your balls anyway. Um. Okay, I don't mean to redirect our whole conversation here, but I'm gonna. Uh, your phone is big. What phone do you have? I recently got a new phone, and I'm into phones right now. Uh, so tell me about your phone, D. What do you What are you rocking? What phone you got? So I think it's the iPhone 11 that I have, not the Ew. latest iPhone. Hmm. Mm. Oh, All right. Oh, the anti-iPhone. I understand. Oh, no, I no, get, not, not yeah. even that. So, like, yeah, iPhone sucks, but you have an old iPhone, so it sucks and it's outdated. Like, Oh, it's I, not I that I, old. I no, guess my reaction not. was a little bit, like, disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. In, in my opinion, this is the only iPhone that I would allow myself to get, like, this generation. The new generation of iPhone has LiDAR built into it. How convenient. What, what's that? LiDAR is what is like on the front of the Teslas and, and on the front of like the, the cars that kind of like uh, uh, see measure the distance of other cars in front of you and they know how to stop and, and react to the road. It's basically eyeballs that uh, create a 3D world out of everything that they see. And on the iPhone, on the new iPhone, you can't turn it off. So basically what it's doing, everything that it looks at, Everything that you point your phone to, it's creating a 3D image and probably sending it back to the cloud so they can create a 3D image of your entire home and every object that you have in your home. I'm not saying that they do that. I'm saying the capability is easily there. Wow. And you can't wow. turn it off. So, like, fuck that. I don't huh. need you to see, like, and that's every object front. that I have in my, in my house. You know? Is that using the front-facing camera? Um... Probably not. It's probably the rear facing, but I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Huh. You right. can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. So, um, so it's always both. on when your phone is on. And it's like, okay, that's a little disturbing. So the iPhone 11 is the last iPhone that did not have this uh, watching you uh, LiDAR yeah. technology. I think, so. I think it's right. 11, right. yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, when it's time for a new phone, which you'll be faced with soon because iPhone and all ma- phone manufacturers make sure that you have to upgrade your phone every couple of years by um, stopping support, no longer offering updates, and apps will leave your phone in the dust eventually to where you can't even, you know, update your YouTube app or your fucking banking app or, you know, like you can't even update apps anymore because your phone becomes too old, uh, which is usually just a few years. So when it's time for you to get a new phone, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, and they also neg the battery too. That started happening now. There's no reason that this battery is starting to, to decline. Like all of a sudden it rapidly starts to decline. I'm like, bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. You guys are negging my battery here. Um, yeah. but so tell me about your, uh, your Google pixel. You got that so, last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, it's been about a month now. Uh, maybe not a month, three, four weeks, something like that. I don't know. I've had it for a little while. Uh, so I got the, I've been waiting for the new, Pixel 6 phones to come out. I had a Pixel 3 for a long time. And the Pixel 3 was a really, really great phone. And I really like Google hardware. Um, I really like running raw Android. Um, I've gone through like the Samsung things before and Samsung layers on their own proprietary software on top of Android. And I've never been a big fan of that. Samsung phones are okay, but I'm not a big fan. Um, So I really like Google phones. Um... I like the Pixel phones. I love the Pixel 3. But then when they came out with the Pixel 4 and then the Pixel 5, none of nothing really excited me about those phones. Like the upgrades didn't seem like that big of a deal. Tiny little camera improvements. Really nothing major. Uh, so I just kind of sat those versions out. You know, like, oh, I'll just wait for the next one. Oh, okay, then the 5 came out. Eh, nothing, nothing really to write home about. I'll wait for the next one and we'll see. Then they came out with the 6. And reading about the six ahead of time, I was just like, ooh, fuck yeah, that's that's like a whole new level of um, photography options and capability and power and, and a whole new processor. Um, they, they're not using the Qualcomm processor anymore. They're using their own deal, um, which I think they're licensing from some other company or whatever. But it's a different kind of processor. It's supposed to be pretty rad. A lot more storage space and all this kind of shit. And I thought, yeah, all right, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to do the Google Pixel 6. And there's a there's a Pixel 6 and a 6 Pro, which the Pro has um, a little more camera capability, and it's much bigger. And I went with the 6 Pro, and I think I regret it because it's just too fucking big, dude. It's a big-ass huh. phone. Um, Show me. I love the phone. It's, uh, it's, it's a really nice phone. Uh, it does amazing things performance-wise. It's pretty great. It's right on par with what you expect from Pixel. The the Android 12 is rad. I mean, everything's cool, dude. It's just really fucking big. Uh, Can so you hold it up? Oh yeah, yeah. Here, next to your yeah, head. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, next wow. to my head. Next yeah, to your head, head is pretty pretty tiny though. <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll, I'll no, that's a big. That's a big. That's a big phone, man. That's a it's, big. It's phone. a big phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. I don't know. I think I'll get used to it, but it is very big in your pocket, uh, especially when you're wearing light little um, athletic <laughs> shorts. It, it just fucking falls right out like nothing. It's like a brick. Um, and, I kind of uh, like that one though. I, but so it's usually when rad, the phone dude. is bigger, the battery lasts longer. Is that the case? The battery is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it lasts a long time. And I use my phone a lot because I also use my phone for a baby monitor, which I have running. Um, for at least a few hours every day, some some in the morning, some in the afternoon during nap time. So yeah. um, I I have a uh, a Wi-Fi camera in the baby's room, a couple of them in the house where I can just kind of pop right onto our 
our uh, our our baby monitors from my phone and use my phone as the baby monitor, which I love because then I can throw a Bluetooth earpiece in my ear and listen to the baby's room and also listen to an audiobook at the same time. So I can keep an ear and keep an eye on the baby and listen to an audiobook while I'm doing chores or fucking, you know, doing whatever, uh, fucking around while the baby's sleeping. And I like that rather than having to stare at a stationary monitor, you know? I never could get... Well, let's see. I didn't try a whole bunch, but like the roll your own kind of baby monitor, I did go with always baby monitors that had it like built into the the monitor and everything just because uh, the ones on your phone just didn't seem to be that um, dependable. Most they were just like, aren't. yeah, most aren't. Uh, we found one. It's called Yee Home, Y-I Home, and Software-wise, it's pretty good. It's not great. It could be better, but if I don't nitpick it for little little nuances, it really is a very functional, useful, user-friendly, uh, stable um, uh, video monitor format. Uh, so that's cool. It's, it works. What I really like about it is it goes into minimal mode or overlay mode. So you can view the baby monitor feed on full screen, of course, which is cool. But if you keep it at full screen, I can't, like, jump over to go answer a text or write an email or surf Amazon or search the web or do anything else because as soon as I click off the monitor screen, I obviously lose visual, but I also lose audio in my ear. So I basically aren't – I'm not watching the baby anymore. Yeah. So the eHome app lets you um, overlay the screen so it minimizes it into a tiny little uh, square, a lot like YouTube. You can do the same with YouTube. You can kind of shrink it, and then it'll overlay Uh to where you can go do other things on your phone but still watch a smaller screen while you're answering email or surfing the web or doing anything else on your phone. So eHome has that option where you can shrink the screen, it'll overlay over other apps, and you can still use your phone while you keep audio going and you keep visual on a smaller little uh, minimized screen there which is nice, and what I really love about it is when you do the little overlay, I can run Audible or run an audiobook program in the background and still listen to audiobooks. So I can watch the Baby Monitor app, or I can watch the Baby Monitor, I can hear the baby's room, and I can listen to an audiobook, um, which is, that's that's the way I use it nine times out of ten. So that works, and that makes me like the way we do it. That's pretty rare, yeah, because usually, like at least with the iPhone, and this might just be an iPhone thing, um, when you listen to something, it's either you listen to this or you listen to this. Yeah, you're not. You yeah, can't yeah. listen to two apps. Two apps can't share that same uh, hardware uh, sound device. Yep. So if you like start to play a YouTube video, you 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 lose audio on the baby monitor screen. Yeah. On this yep. one, you can overlay it, and then I can go watch a YouTube video, and I'm hearing both. I'm hearing the baby monitor on the minimized screen. I can see it. I can hear it, and I'm watching a YouTube video. Yeah, I wonder if that's just on uh, Android. That might just be an Android feature. I don't know. Um, I think it is because my wife has an iPhone, and she can't make the the overlay thing work on her iPhone in the baby monitor app. There it is. So I, th- yep. I think it's an Android thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. I'm switching back. I am switching back. I'm, I'm done with iPhone. I hate iPhone less than I used to because my work phone is an iPhone, and at first, I was like, ugh, I looked at it with disdain. I hated that fucking phone. Um, but it it's not bad. It's its a user-friendly, functional phone. It's stable. It's got its quirks, but so does Android. Um, 
it's 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 overall a pretty good phone. The hardware is fantastic. You can't argue that I that Apple hardware is better than Google hardware. Um, the phone itself is a better design. It's 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 really well made. Uh, the software part of it and the Apple Prison part of it is what pissed me off. Yeah, that that's that's it right there. No, I'm um, I like am little things like why can't I why can't I do overlay? The technology exists. Why are you preventing me from overlaying an app? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now FaceTime, FaceTime is one of those ones where it's like, once you start living with that, that's hard to turn away from, especially like when you have a daughter and then she wants to talk to her grandparents yeah. and you're like, Oh, let yeah. me just FaceTime her. Boom. You need one button. And then you're FaceTime. Do you, is that what uh, Sarah does with, with her parents too? And she, the boys and stuff? Or? Her, her dad has an iPhone. Her mom has an Android, a Samsung galaxy phone. Um, so she FaceTimes with her dad, uh, most of the time. Yeah. Her mom uh is also savvy enough to have like um Google Duo on her phone and WhatsApp and I hate WhatsApp because it's a Facebook product um but I do use WhatsApp because family members use WhatsApp and there's certain people where if I want to talk to them on video chat it has to be WhatsApp so now nah, you know is what it is uh so I have WhatsApp on my phone we use that sometimes when I have a choice for video chat I use Google Duo my mom's on board with Duo I got her set up on it. Um, I find Duo to be a way more stable and better sounding video chat option than uh, WhatsApp. Um, so I try to use Google Duo. Uh, it's not super user friendly to get set up. Like you have to do invites and all that kind of shit. Like trying to explain it to a grandma how to use Google Duo is not fucking happening. Um, yeah. So WhatsApp is easier. Uh, but FaceTime is the easiest if someone has an iPhone. So obviously that's hard to jump free from. But how many people are you really video chatting with? Four, three, probably just one or two on a regular basis. I mean, how many people are you really video chatting with? Yeah, for me, it's really none. It's really my Ever? wife. Huh? Oh, oh, like your wife does it? She does it. Like my daughter will FaceTime with uh, her grandmother like a few times a week, you know, and she'll uh -huh. just get on there and they'll just talk. Oh, so, so one person. So grandma. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. All right. So next time you see grandma, install WhatsApp on her phone or Google Duo or whatever. And, and then, you know, when you call her on Duo, it'll just ring and all she has to do is answer. You just have to help her with the initial setup. Yeah. Well, my wife is probably going to stay iPhone um, and I'm going to oh. switch over to Android Island. Oh, and you can just FaceTime with grandma on your wife's phone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think she's going to get my iPhone here, and then we'll oh. scrap hers. Oh, and then what I'll get she, that Does she have Google an older Pixel version Pro. than you? Yeah, yeah, she has an older version, probably two, wow. two versions it, before. She's not a tech-savvy person, though. Well, see, and neither is my wife. My wife doesn't care. Her phone has worked fine. Dude, she had an iPhone 8 uh, up until recently, and the only reason she upgraded was because she got to a point where she couldn't update apps anymore. Um, the iPhone 8 was no longer supported by updates so it would run an old version of ios and then apps would come out with new versions and and it would require ios whatever version or later and she didn't have that because she couldn't upgrade to it on an iphone 8 so it got to where she couldn't fucking order things on instacart anymore because the instacart app uh required a later version than she was able to download so she was virtually just not able to use her phone anymore even though the phone itself physically worked fine that infuriates me too. Yeah, because I got yeah. one of those nice. You, you've seen these before, those big Apple monitors that are like, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot what they're called, 
but they, you know, it has a computer inside the monitor kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh -huh. like, it, it won't let me upgrade to the latest operating system and, and it, it can handle it. I have the space. It can take enough RAM, you know, it, but it's just like, like what's like, the deal? <laughs> you know, and then, and then how don't eat like, they have no horse to stand on or no leg to stand on when they're talking about being environmentally friendly, because now I got to like scrap this entire thing and go buy another one. Yeah. This you know? totally functional piece of hardware, uh, that you could install the latest version of software on this hard drive with this amount of Ram, it would work totally fine. Uh, but your bullshit excuse of, Oh, some of the hardware isn't up to spec. So the user experience wouldn't be everything it could be with newer hardware. Like, Fuck you. I'll decide that. Yeah. I'll decide if, uh, you know, the, the video refresh rate is slightly less than the latest version of iOS can handle. Um, I'll deal with that. And if the user experience sucks, I'll buy a new piece of hardware. But don't tell me I'm not allowed to install new software on my fucking hardware. Very convenient way to up their market share. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, hey, what, what's our schedule on... Um, on sunsetting those old iOS uh, iOS 10. Well, it was going to be a year from now, but boy, it sure would be nice to like boost our stock next yeah. week. Oh, let's yeah, speed that up. Let's go ahead and just just yeah uh, turn it off. <laughs> right. It's seriously, dude. It's it's that yeah. uh, overt where yeah, it's like oh hey, we need to uh, show an increase in shareholder um, value. So let's uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and uh, kill support for that older version people are still using and force them to buy new devices. Like this year. One of my, my one of my boys' gifts is going to be the new uh, ninth generation iPad, um, because the perfectly fine iPad that I have that they've been using they run like ABC Mouse and they run like YouTube Kids and it's just kind of their their iPad basically. Um, it's an older version; it's probably four or five years old, but it works fine. Uh, but it won't download the latest version of iOS, so they can't run uh, YouTube Kids. So they can go on YouTube, but they can't run YouTube Kids. And I can't just turn my boys loose on YouTube. No. Uh, it's a fucking uh. guaranteed that he's going to end up on some booty-shaking, hardcore rap <laughs> song, dude. I, I swear to God, we're struggling Big booty with this hoes, with it. Dude, seriously, man. Oh, God. Like, lately, his latest one is he wants to watch the, the video Smack That. And uh, that's like two, my two-year-old is running around going, smack that, oh, oh, smack that. And I'm like, no, no, because YouTube kids won't run on his outdated iPad. So his is one of his gifts or their gifts for this Christmas is a new version of, of the iPad uh, because I need a little more control over what this kid can fucking click on, basically. It's a gift for, for us to prevent him from polluting his young mind. Uh, but yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. You don't have an option. Boy, that, no, that's in three that years is... from now. I'll be doing the same fucking shit again, dude. Ditching a perfectly good piece of hardware for a new one because they refuse to let me install new software. And tell me YouTube kids can't run on something that's four or five years old. Please. That's please, insane. It's please. insane, dude. Yeah. No, no leg to stand on with the environmentally friendly thing. Right. I mean, let's no. face it. Like everybody's like, oh, let's are you environmentally friendly? Here. You motherfuckers are not environmentally. You are forcing this entirely. I mean, and that's a lot of waste. That electronic waste is arguably some of the worst waste out right? there. Like lithium, my understanding is that lithium batteries never break down. They, they can never be recycled. They can never do anything. Like there's no way to uh, like, re like responsibly yeah. 
discard lithium, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're we're always just in we're always in a mode of just trading up um, or trading off one thing that's not environmentally friendly for another. Yeah. You know, that's constantly what we're doing. Like, yeah, you're right. Switching to batteries is like everybody's like, well, it's battery powered. It, no emission. No, it's it's there's very big negatives about batteries too, like yeah. you're you're mentioning. And yeah. uh and the battery waste, like they don't last forever, always either. I no, mean they last much longer years, than NICAD, but yeah. They could last much longer than they do. I, I like you said, they they start um Dude, I mean, and it sounds like conspiracy-ish, but that's totally what they're doing. Of, of they're gonna they they start draining out the batteries after a couple of years, uh, to where it just becomes unusable. Where you got to charge your phone or your tablet all day long. It can't run the latest version of software. And next thing you know, your three-year-old device is totally useless. Speaking of conspiracy, can I go there? Oh yeah, yeah. You got you got a, you got a fresh one. Well, it's not. Yeah. Kind of. Right. You heard that they, they they took down the Thomas Jefferson statue in the, uh, um, what is it, in New York, New York Town Hall? or I didn't hear that one specifically. I have heard of a lot of statues being taken down, but I thought it was mostly Civil War era Confederate statues. Nope. It's, they took down Thomas Jefferson. Okay. This was in New York? Uh-huh. I think it happened today. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Look that up for me real quick. Uh, yeah. I want more info on that because I have opinions on taking statues down. I think we've even talked about it before on the podcast. Um, I, uh, I struggle as a history buff. I struggle with a- erasing or rewriting history. It's an inevitable truth, but I do want to minimize it as much as possible. But I also fall on the side of not wanting to glorify traitors. Um, so my feelings on like removing Confederate statues is why would we glorify people whose total goal was to break apart our, our union? Why would we like, I like America. Why would we be glorifying someone who was trying to break apart, bring down and overthrow America essentially, which is exactly what the Confederate government was formed to do. So I don't like that a lot. Um, and then there's the whole slaveholder portion of it, but I don't think that's the reason or should be the reason for removing Confederate statues. I think because they were full-blown open traitors is a good reason to not want to put up uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest or Robert E. Lee statues and that sort of well, thing. Well, I, I don't think they considered themselves traitors, and um, the winners write the history. So, you know, of course they're going to be considered traitors according to the people that won. But yeah, uh, the the article says after almost two centuries of standing in New York City's hall, okay, an 884 pound statue of former President Thomas Jefferson was crammed in a wooden crate Monday and taken away. The yeah. city's mayoral commission voted to remove the effigy because the nation's third president owned slaves. Uh, uh. I don't like that. This is a Marx. This is this is here's here's the the counter to what you're saying here, Mike. Yeah. Because the same kind of thing happened in Venezuela, where they started to take down the history, and it's called a Bolshevik revolution or a color revolution, where they start re- taking out the history and replacing it. And 
and it's actually uh in my opinion it's a manufactured um planned thing that that happens in order to uh kind of demoralize the country that's my and and take away its its history like if you ripped out the history i mean thomas jefferson like i i was appalled kind of you know and granted our history is not always the greatest you know but history is history and that's where we came from and we need to know where we came from so we don't repeat it well one one thought i have is removing a statue leaving a statue do, changing, doing anything to a statue doesn't erase or change history. It just, it just says like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be like commemorating or honoring or idolizing this guy in this area. The people around it, it's causing a problem. I mean, just, a statue isn't uh, it maintaining, won't stop there, though. removing. It, no, no, it, no, I get you. Uh, and then my thought with like the Confederate um, statue removal is. I do see those guys as traitors, and yeah, I do get, uh, you know, history is written by the victors and all that, but we had a union. It was forged by guys, our founding fathers, who we all revere, who we're indoctrinated to revere, guys like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, all these kinds of guys who built our nation that we're all so proud of and love so much. Um, the Confederate, uh, the Confederacy was forged to break that apart. Now, I don't like that. I consider that treason um, from any perspective. Um, but Thomas Jefferson, removing a statue of Thomas Jefferson as a, because he was a slaveholder is, um, no different than removing statues of George Washington, Ben Franklin, virtually every founding father, except John Adams. And I'm sure they'll find something to hate about John Adams. Um, what are we left with here? Uh, we revere our country. It was formed by guys who operated in a world where slavery was pretty normal and still accepted. So, yes, most of them owned slaves or at least turned turned a blind eye to slavery. Very few of them were actively against it and certainly weren't in line with what our modern opinions of slavery are because they were not modern men of our era. They were men that lived in a different era. Um, so I don't like I don't like the taking down of a Thomas Jefferson statue. I do not like that. He was. A complicated, diverse man and a founding father and wrote our Declaration of Independence, played a gigantic, pivotal role in forging the country. And if we can't honor him in the country, which he had such a huge role of forming, then what the fuck are we doing, dude? Now, I can see Robert E. Lee. Uh, he literally tried to dismantle the country that was formed by these founding fathers that we currently still live in. We call ourselves America. Uh, Robert E. Lee fought for the cause of dismantling that. Yeah, so I can see why you'd make a case where, all right, that's the definition of treason. Let's not honor him. Uh, that can be a different argument. But we are America. We honor our founding fathers. And to remove one of those founding fathers on the basis of him owning slaves in an era where slavery was pretty normal is uh, is not good. That leads in a weird area because what well, are we see, supposed yeah. to do with all the other founding fathers? They're well, all yeah, in and, the same boat. And that's see, that's where your line is uh, that you drew is like between Robert E. Lee and Thomas Jefferson. But I guarantee, you know, there's probably other people whose line was before that. And there's, you know, and it's like, where where do we draw the line? 
Um, and, and of course, there is also an argument here that this is happening in New York City Hall. So, you know, it's a low, I guess you could call it a local issue. But like, in my opinion, this is a coordinated attack on um, demoralizing America. And to get into the conspiracy aspect of it, you have to go back to there's a um, defector from like Russia uh, he might not even be alive, but he did a lot of videos like in the eighties and nineties where he yeah. talked about instigating a color revolution against the United States. And he says hey, it takes about 30 mind, years. Hold, uh, do you mind holding that thought? I got to pause. Yep, yep. Uh, hold that thought for me. Okay. Okay. Hold on. All right, D we're back. Sorry about that. I want to hear more about, uh, Tell me more of your stance. We were talking about statues. We were talking specifically about KGB defector Yuri Bezmanov. And, ah. and what he did was he's a whistleblower for the KGB. Um, he defected quite some time ago, but he's trying, he was trying to, I don't know if he's still alive or not, is what he said was in the 80s, but he wrote a book uh, called Love Letter to America uh, under his pen name Thomas Schumann to warn about long-term Marxist tactics he was seeing in the U.S. And I'll just, okay. I'll just uh, sum it up, a little excerpt that he wrote here. My dear friends, I think you're in big trouble. Whether you believe it or not, you are at war. And you may lose this war very soon, together with all your affluence and freedoms, unless you start defending yourselves. The driving force of this war has very little to do with natural aspirations of people for better lives and greater freedoms. If at all, these aspirations are being used and taken advantage of by the manipulators and progenitors of the war. The real driving force of this war of aggression is ideology, something you cannot eat, wear, or store for a rainy day. An integral part of this war of ideology is ideological subversion. The process of changing the perception of reality in the minds of millions of people all over the world. The late comrade... Andropov, the former head of the Soviet KGB, called this war of communist aggression the final struggle for the minds and hearts of the people. So I would argue that that's what we're in today is uh, an ideolog ideological subversion to change out history, to paint our history in a certain light. I mean, this already happened in Venezuela. They, the, the collapsed country of Venezuela talk about this all the time, that they, they, they started removing their history, and then they started you know, pitting people against, uh, against people, just like it's happening to us here. And that is the, the war that we're in right now. But we don't see it at that level. We think that we're fighting it against ourselves. We're, we're idiots to try to fight against ourselves. We, there are outside people that want this land, that want this country. And it's happening. It's happening. You can't even say, I love America, really. I mean, you can't say, like, the flag, like, if you say that while you're holding the flag, you basically may as well put on a KKK outfit because uh, they, they've conditioned us so strongly to think that, you know, America is bad, America is racist, America is whatever. But this is all part of this ideological subversion, in my opinion. Huh. Yeah, no, that's deep and, and, and scary. And then, I mean, it's hard to argue with when you're thinking about like, okay, well, you know, talking about bringing down Confederate statues, maybe that's one thing. 
But a lot of people would argue that's a slippery slope, and maybe they were right because now we've gotten into the the self-righteous modernist perspective scrutiny of removing statues of guys like Thomas Jefferson, which, yeah, he owned a lot of slaves. Yeah, that was bad. And uh, from the perspective of, of how we live now and how we view slavery now, uh, it's abhorrent. But in the world he lived in, it was not that out of the ordinary. It was not illegal. And, and uh, a lot of the founding fathers, almost all of the founding fathers, did the same thing or were totally fine with or supported the same thing, that same structure. And uh, if we're going to love our country and revere our founders, what are we going to do now that we're removing statues of guys like Thomas Jefferson? Um, I don't like that at all. What I do like is uh, I've never been to Monticello. That was Thomas Jefferson's house in Virginia. Uh, I'd love to go visit Monticello one day, but I do follow Monticello on Twitter. And I love what they have done with the narrative that they're telling there at Monticello. Uh, For a long time, I think they tap danced or or sidestepped the issue of slavery because it's a touchy subject and not really something they want to highlight while they're commemorating the history of this founding father who did amazing things, um, but also was a slave owner and pretty much held a, uh, uh, a a particular young female slave in sexual servitude and all this kind of stuff, which is not really arguable and very uh, questionable and pretty dark when you look at the details. But what I like about what Monticello's doing now is they're embracing all that. It's all part of the story. They're, they're not saying, hey, uh, this is all okay. They're just saying, hey, here's all of what we know. And here's all of what happened here and who lived here and what what went down. And they're not shying away from the slavery aspect of it anymore. They've integrated it into their whole story and narrative. It's just part of the story. Yeah. And you can make up your own opinion about it if you want to. You can say, like, oh, he was a horrible person because he owned slaves. Uh, oh, he was a wonderful person because he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Uh, maybe he was all of these things. But they're telling the whole story. Uh, no holds barred. And you're free to feel about it however you want to feel about it. And I like that. Yeah, we we have to be able to learn from our history. I mean, not all of it's glamorous. Some of it's horrible. Some of it's atrocious. But A lot it, of it's horrible. We're people. We do fucked up things. Yeah, but it is our history. And that that's where we can't turn our back on it. Um, yeah. You know, and... They're gonna. They'll come after the Declaration of Independence as well. They'll come after the Constitution. Uh, I, I'm completely convinced. Like I do think that this guy said this like in the 80s, is when he said it. He, when he started warning us, and then, you know, another thing what he was saying was like that. There's a demoralization aspect of it too, where when you demoralize somebody, uh, you can actually take them physical proof of something and then show them physical proof that such and such exists, but they still won't believe it because they've been demoralized so badly. And that accurately describes what I see happening in this country right now is that we're in a scary time. Nobody wants to believe that we're in war. Nobody wants to believe it, but I'm telling you right now, this is a very precipitous time for not just this country, but for the world. I mean, you see like what's going on in Austria, the massive lockdowns now. If you're not vaccinated, you can't come out of your house. Uh, in Australia, um, tens of thousands of people are swarming on the streets. Uh, 
and there's a bunch of them too. I mean, we saw the one that uh, went semi-viral on our Twitter feed was the, um, and th- that was the Guy Fox uh, protest on fifth uh, of November. But um, I mean, there is a lot of social unrest, and it's really the governments against the people is what's happening right now. The governments are, are at war with the people. So, but this ignore this war cannot be acknowledged because what it, what do we've always heard? The revolution will not be televised. You've heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. Because the television is the one that is the is owned by the people that we're at war against. Huh. So, so yeah. you won't hear about war or anything like nobody's going to come out and overtly say, "Hey, we're at war," because the people that are on the TV that own the meet the airwaves are the ones we're battling with. Like everything has been infiltrated. We've been infiltrated. Yeah. Hmm. That's my position. No, I'm that's... sticking to it. Yeah, that's all sketchy stuff. Man, I'm over here just struggling to get from fucking meal to meal with the babies and keep up with diaper changes. Like, I ain't got no time for a war like that. Come on. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I hear my you, man. My I... problems are, are, are small. And, uh, man, when I hear stuff like that, I'm just kind of like, ugh. I got no room in my life for that kind of that kind of shit. Yeah, I, and I you know, I, I feel bad sometimes bringing this stuff up, but, like, people are so in the dark right now. Like we've all been brainwashed so strongly that it's it, that's the biggest issue that I see in this country right now is the level of brainwashing, the, the letter, level of media manipulation that people just believe everything that comes out of the airwaves. Yeah. And um, that's or scary. disbelieve everything because uh, there's that side of it, too, where it's just uh-huh. like, hey, everything I'm hearing is a lie, uh, which is also dangerous. Yep. And maybe just the uh, the questionable nature of being of of so many people uh, treating like gospel what they hear and so many people treating like everything's a lie that they hear is that's a uh, that's a polluted pool that that doesn't lead anywhere good and that's definitely where we're at right now um, so yeah I don't know dude it's tough it's tough yeah but I don't know we've come back to this same conclusion before where really what you can do is focus on your your family and your community try to be a good person to people and I think uh, Good people will prevail. Um, good, reasonable people will forge a good, reasonable society. And we've had to tear down governments before. And if that's where it leads, we'll do it again. Uh, we're an independent, strong um, uh, people. So we will do what we need to do. That's right. I hope it that, doesn't get that fugly. But uh, who yeah. knows? It has before. It's, written, had it in, before. it's written in the Constitution. That's the, it's the duty yeah. of the people that if the government gets tyrannical, that you have, you have the duty and the right to overthrow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because totally. they saw it happen. They saw it happen oh. firsthand. It wasn't like they just wrote the Second Amendment and the First Amendment just out of like, oh, well, this would be nice. But, hey, if the guys who wrote that, like uh, Jefferson and, and uh, the guys who wrote that, are discredited, then can we... Can we still use what they wrote to form this country as as doctrines that we all live by? Or we go like, oh, yeah, and that all makes total sense. But the guy who wrote that was a slave owner. Uh, so we can't we can't uh, hold those as as national documents or statements or that's what they're trying methodologies to do anymore. Yeah, that's what yeah, they're trying man, to do. Sucks. Man. And next thing you know, they're well, coming and take all of our property. Sorry Shit. to get all grim. Sorry to get grim, but like I wouldn't be sounding this alarm if I didn't think that it was actually real. 
and that we weren't like in in dire consequences right now but i think we're we are facing a um a really big threat at the moment can we just talk about your pants some more yeah <laughs> my space shuttle <laughs> pants tell me more about your space pants derek that's that's a more pleasant conversation yeah, so they oh, look like man. Dockers. Yeah, they look like Dockers. Oh, They're wow. awesome. Wow. <laughs> All right, well, uh, pictures. You, you need to tweet some information about these pants. Um, also, uh, you got a pants recommendation from a gay dude. And gay dude's no clothes. But uh, I've never found that I want to dress like a gay guy, but I would totally value their input on how I should dress um, because they're going to make me look good because they want me to look good, right? Uh, but... I don't know that I want to dress like a gay dude um, because they have a very uh, a very Soft cool palette. way of dressing for them, but it's not my style. You know what I mean? So well, but they if a gay get guy's it, like, oh, these are the only pants I wear and be like, oh, that's cool, but I want something not gay. Uh, maybe that's just small-minded. Well, they get it, though. They... Yeah, Gen they, like, they get material. That's for sure. You're not you're not gonna find like I haven't found people that have a more refined palette than gay men in general. Um, and I'm not saying that there's some women that don't have an amazing sense of style. I've met some women that have an amazing sense of style. Uh, can't really say the same for us straight men, but yeah, gay man like uh, they. They just know what looks good. And um, I think they are so refined where they can say, oh, we'll put a straight spin on your clothes too. Because like mm. the shirt that he picked out for me, I wouldn't have worn that, but I tried it on and Megan was like, wow, that looks amazing too. So like he, and he just knew what was going to go with the khaki pants. He didn't have to like look up some color chart and be like, oh, what's a compliment? Like me, I would be like, what's a complimentary color for this? Um, he knew what would go with those pants. So he got you're such me a that. programmer. You're like, I need to revert to data. Yeah. <laughs> what, what color would statistically match my skin tone? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Like when I pick out clothes, I'm like, I don't think about how they look on me. I just like look at the shirt and I'm like, wow, that shirt looks cool. I love the colors on that shirt. But then when I put it on me, uh -huh. I look, I look like a flag or something, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I look like a walking uh, flag and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to dress really well. Or I might look like Charlie Brown in the shirt. Um, yeah, I'm not but, great at that either. I'm almost always more like I gravitate to the material first. Like, is this the material I want to wear? And then B, does the shirt have something on it, the color or the saying or the picture or whatever? Like, I'm still, I guess, pretty immature where I wear T-shirts, like screen printed tees. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have great style. I don't pick out like really good looking shirts that would look nice to go out to dinner in. I wear a lot of like band tees or brand tees like Volcom or Vans or something like that. Uh, I still dress like a teenager, uh, I think. Uh, Sarah's uh, hadn't put her foot down on that stuff yet, huh? Uh, she has zero comments on my clothes. Zero. Uh, mm. I don't know if she's just given up, or yeah, I, or if she just thinks I dress well, or no, I shouldn't say zero. She'll make fun of me if what I'm wearing looks stupid, but she'll never say like, "Oh, I really like that. Go put that shirt on." She'll just if I put on something that she does not like, she'll just kind of look at me and process the visual and then go no nah, no <laughs> or uh oh, oh oh sometimes i'll get this are those new pants and i'll mm -hmm. be like yeah i don't know i bought them like a few months ago or something like huh 
<laughs> and I'll be forced to think like, what is there something wrong with my pants or like what what what's wrong with my pants? I thought they look cool, and she'd just be like, no, no, they're fine. I guess they're. It's like they're when somebody right. gets a haircut you don't like. You're like, oh, did you get a haircut? Yeah. And then you, <laughs> then you say like, <laughs> oh, I like it. That's cool. And just be like, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway, we're we gonna go out to lunch next week or whatever. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's funny. You just put it in their head like, I noticed your hair. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got a haircut. Yeah. I noticed. Dead so anyway. Silence. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a dick move. Well, you came oh. over. You and Sarah came over. Um, man, it must have been many years ago. But when you came over, we went out to dinner. And wow. Now I think back to that. I was wasted. We were both wasted at the dinner table. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even want to go to dinner. Yeah, but you... You needed All I wanted one to do of my was shirts. hang out with you in your yep. man cave. Uh, and then the girls were like, let's go out to a nice dinner. Uh-huh. And I just wore a T-shirt because I'm hanging out with my friend Derek. And we were going to hang out in your man cave and drink beer and do a podcast and chill. And then they came up with the idea of let's go to a dinner and go to a nice place where you have to wear a collar. And I'm like, fuck. But so I, had I had a collar for your you. Shirts. Yeah, I think yeah. that's when I gave a collar for you. So she did. I remember she did put her foot down there. And say like, hey, no, you can't wear that. You're not wearing that. Anymore. And then you uh, had yeah, like a, yeah. you had a hat like yeah, a, I can't a wear a t-shirt Mike to a nice restaurant. Hat or something at the time, I think. And you kind of walked yeah, in I'm with sure that. I that was some, funny. I'm sure I had a punk rock shirt or you know a hat or yeah something that was just like yeah I'm not going to dinner with you in that. You look like a fucking you know uh, rebellious teenager, uh, you know almost forty year old Mike. <laughs> And then we uh, we ordered those awful steaks, I think, and you ended up, uh, you had the balls to return them. I was really happy because they did suck. I think it was steaks that we got. And then the guy recommended oh, yeah. it to us. He's like, yeah, this is good. And we're like, yeah, this sucks. You know? Yeah, no, that steak was shitty. They didn't know how to cook it. When you say medium rare and it comes out like fully cooked, like, no, dude, you burn it. You guys don't know how to cook steak? This is a nice place. I put on a collar to come here and you can't even cook a fucking steak? Why ask me how I want my steak cooked if you don't know how to cook it that way? Well, and he recommended that steak, which it was a shitty cut as well. On top of that, was, you know, like, you know what yeah. that is, dude. Is they have a they have a steak delivery coming tomorrow, and today they're trying to get rid of all the scraps they haven't sold yet. Uh, and so that's why he recommended that bullshit, like fucking ankle cut of steak, <laughs> ankle cut, <laughs> <laughs> some fucking tendon, you know, with the to- with the tooth coming out of it, you know, just like, oh yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, you'll love it. Yeah, it's great. Here, here you go. Here's your slop. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like some hunchback cow had the fucking hunt shaved off, and they serve that to us. Like, oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tumor it's a tuma uh, it's, it's a it's a french cut tuma how would you like your tuma cooked yeah. uh, i'd like it medium rare well here's a burnt tuma yeah. right. oh thank you thank you garçon i'll be taking my business to denny's thank you yeah um well dude we've covered a lot of ground we always do we bounced around a lot we covered space pants we covered uh Russian, um, what? What was he? Um, what was the guy's name? Yuri something or other? Uh, I don't know his name now. Yuri, yes, Yuri something or other. KGB uh, whistleblower. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about so uh, that guy. Marxist revolution. And how our country is fucked. And we're taking down Thomas Jefferson statues, and that's appalling. Um, and uh, oh, eBay auctions. Uh-huh. That was fun. And uh, dancing grannies. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we uh, we had a lot of branches on this tree. We did. Yeah. Well, D, it's always super fun talking to you. I'm glad we made time to get together and do a show this week on Thanksgiving week. Uh, you doing anything fun? I think you mentioned you're going to go see your family for Thanksgiving. Yeah, my brother uh, John is uh, coming in today. He's driving uh, from um, uh, St. Louis. And cool. um, yeah, he'll be here. We're going to party and uh, we're going to party with a larger family, probably like 60 or so people. So 60 fucking people, 60 people. This is, wow. this is, this is my home. This is like my, damn, this is where my people live. Yep. My people. Wow. My people. Damn. I, w- I should say so. I mean, for me, if I get my entire family together, it, you know, be a solid 20, 25 and that's a big group, but 60. Wow. Yep. We're posting up. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All right, yeah. dude. Well, you and the whole, uh, mob have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Is Tup's coming? No, he's not. He's not. He's got uh, under uh, under a one year old, so it's a little bit difficult oh, yeah. for them to travel. You yeah, know, I understand. Yeah, I no, I, yeah, I feel that. No one wants to travel with a baby. Yeah. Not only do you not want to travel with your own baby, but I don't want to travel with someone else's baby on a plane. Like, I have I have more tolerance now for other people's kids that are screaming and crying and being annoying because now I have screaming, sure. crying kids, and uh-huh. I totally uh, like I feel their pain. Uh, but for a long time, before I ever had kids, if I was on a plane and someone else's baby was screaming, I was, like, angry, like, shut that kid up. He's bothering me. You know, I was like this totally oblivious, non-kid-having uh, guy with all kinds of scorn for any people that were trying to deal with the screaming baby. And now I'm just, like, all empathy. I'm just like, oh, man, those poor people. That's so tough. Uh, I'm still annoyed, but I'm I'm totally uh, more tolerant. Yeah, that was I a big transition for, for you there. Um, yeah, dude, time. say hi, hi to your mom. Give your mom an, a hug and uh, say what's up to Noah for me. Give Sarah a hug for me. And uh, yeah. you'd have a great Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, you do the same, brother. Great to see you. Great to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good, bro. Later, man. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks a lot for listening. We really hope you're enjoying the show. We have a great time doing it for you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod or on our website, DerekandMike.com. And uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app. That would be super cool. Helps us out a ton. And it also makes sure that you get notified every time we put out a new episode. Also, if you know of anyone else who might like the show, share it with a friend. Tell someone who might dig it. That would be super cool. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Uh, We really appreciate you. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. And until then, have a good one.